Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. Real quick, let's go to Acts chapter 20, verse 7. This is such a fascinating story about Brother Paul. What a unique life. Um, we'll get more into this um, as we go, but if you know the story of Paul, we're going to talk about it later in Acts, but he was, let's see, he was stoned, he was whipped numerous times, um, you know, like Jesus was, he was whipped, um, he was run out of town, he was thrown in jail, he was whipped again, um, at some point he was shipwrecked, he was bitten by a poisonous snake, that's a preview of things to come, and what a guy. God's prophecy through the gentleman in Damascus. Do you remember that? When God said, hey, go, go lay hands on, on Saul. The guy said, what? He's been persecuting people and killing them for the name of Jesus. He said, yeah, go lay hands on brother Saul, on Saul there. I'm going to show him what he's going to suffer for my name. And he's going to be a testimony to Gentiles and to kings for me. So we continue the story of Paul. Acts chapter 20. Verse 7 today, it says, on the first day of the week. What's the first day of the week once again? Sunday. First day of the week. We love meeting here on Sundays. We meet midweek to recharge, but Sunday is the first day of the week. It is the day of the week that Jesus rose from the dead. Um, the Apostle John in the book of Revelation calls it the Lord's Day. Okay? Um, so, on the first day of the week, we gathered with the local believers to share in the Lord's Supper. Hey, praise God, how interesting. And remember, we, most likely, is Dr. Luke. He was a doctor. He wrote the book of Luke, and he wrote the book of Acts. He was one of the traveling missionaries that went with Paul. Can you imagine that great honor? He's in heaven now. And Dr. Luke, we know, wrote one of the Gospels and the history, the early history of the apostles and the church. So said, man, we, we gathered with the local believers. Someone say gathered. Mm -hmm. There was, a, I, I don't know if you're listening tonight, sir, but I saw your comments on Facebook um, last, uh, was it last Wednesday? Did y'all see that guy's comments? It was, God bless you, sir. Most of it was an incoherent ramble, but um, I don't know exactly what you meant, and I don't know that you did either, but actually, Jesus went to church, sir, if you're listening tonight. So that's why we meet in church. You need to find you a church, whether it's this one or another one, and don't believe the lies of the devil, sir. I forgot your first name, or I'd call it out. You know who you are. You were commenting steadily last week, and I didn't see it until today because I was going over the Facebook Live from last Wednesday, but uh, you need to find you a home church, brother. I don't know if you've been hurt, but today is the day of salvation. I don't know if you're saved. It's time to get saved and find you a church because Jesus went to church, and Paul went to church. Let's give the Lord a clap offering. Look at what... Look at what it says here. This is Luke and all the greats. And you see all the great women in the book of Acts? Lydia and all these amazing women that would have, basically pastors had church at their homes and elders, men and women of God, they met. So I never want to hear that. God is everywhere. God, yeah, we know he is. That's, that, that's like saying the, the, the American flag is red, white, and blue. We know that. God is everywhere, but he only manifests himself where we respect and fear him. One of the places he manifests himself is when we worship together. 
Jesus said, where two or three are gathered in my name, there I will be in the midst of them. So it says here, we gathered with the local believers to share in the Lord's Supper. You gather, you gather. Paul was preaching to them. Of course he was. <laughs> Paul wrote a lot of the New Testament. He had a very enhanced brain capacity. He understood the law. He could probably quote first five books of the Bible. Did you know many of the Jews actually memorize the first five books of the, of the Bible? I don't know how they do that. Um, amazing. So Paul was preaching to them, and since he was what? Look, you're going to like this. Since he was leaving the next day, he kept talking until midnight. Aren't y'all glad I don't keep y'all till midnight on Wednesday nights or Sunday? Can you imagine? He kept talking till midnight. It was Paul the Apostle. He can do whatever he wants. I mean, he, God inspired him. The Holy Spirit flowed through him, and he, he, he wrote a lot of the New Testament. Look at this. The upstairs room where we met, I like that, where we met was lighted with many flickering lamps. So imagine, take yourself there. The lamps are flickering at night. As Paul spoke on and on, a young man named Eutychus, remember him well, sitting on the windowsill. So he's sitting in the window, right? He became very drowsy. Some of y'all on Wednesday nights get drowsy, I know, and that's okay. Be glad, be glad, be glad it's not like this situation. You're about to see why. Finally, he fell sound asleep. And what? What happened to him? He dropped three stories to his death. Can you imagine? You fell asleep in church and fell out the window and died. It, you, it's okay to laugh because it gets better. It, yeah, just throw you off, right? Say, oh my gosh, what happened? How, what happened to him? He died in church. Fell asleep on the third story, fell out the window, man, because the apostle was gone really long. So look at the next verse. Right in the middle of service. And I can imagine Paul, God's spirit was on him. The gifts of the spirit operated in his life. This man of God, he went down. He, so he took two or three flights of stairs down bent over him, took him into his arms, said, don't worry, worry, he's alive. Now, as the verse continues, it'll throw you off because you go, okay, is that it? Look at this. Then they all went back upstairs and shared in the Lord's Supper and ate together. Dude just died, just about. Um, but they went back up, shared in the Lord's Supper and ate together. Look, just the writing. The order of the writing here just throws me off sometimes. Paul continued talking to them until dawn because midnight wasn't long enough. That's the kind of all-nighter you need, not with drugs and alcohol, behold, but with the Word of God. God, the guy had been going hours at midnight, and he went another five, six hours. No problem. So he went until dawn. <laughs> Look, praise God, I'm glad they mentioned this, because you're reading this at first, especially if you're first time, you're like, the guy fell. Paul said, there's life in him. Let's go back up and have the Lord's Supper. What? These people are hardcore. What crazy good examples. Meanwhile, the young man was taken home alive and well, and everyone was greatly relieved. <laughs> Praise God. Fell out the window, man, hit his head. Three stories up. Golly. But he was, he was alive. Somebody say amen. Stay alive in church, people of God. All right, what's next? Paul went by land to Azos, where he had arranged for us to join him while we traveled by ship. Ship sounds really romantic and cool. Romantic, not always meaning the relationship between a man and a woman, but it's like something idealistic, right? In context, roman it's romantic. They're on a ship. You ever gotten seasick? Oh, it's, it's special. Me and my brother, for his, uh, his senior trip, he and I, yeah, I was, how old was I? 22. I just turned 23. Jonathan... <laughs> He was 18. I just turned 23. We went 
on a cruise to the Caribbean for seven days, me and John. And one day we were going to go to look at the Mayan ruins, okay? I don't remember exactly um, what was the name of that place. Was it Tulum? Tulum, the Mayan ruins. So we get in, I don't know, those of you familiar with Cancun and Playa del Carmen and that area, they have like these, these ships, but they're, they're, clo- they're boats, like maybe from, I don't know, maybe the size, maybe the size of this sanctuary. You've seen them. They're multicolored, but they're closed in. I'm always a little hyper, as you know, with or without caffeine. Got in there, and we're all excited. I'm standing up. I'm looking backwards, and we're talking. And then I was like, ooh, I feel weird. You can hardly see out the windows. The windows are small. I don't know if these are like um, flip-resistant boats, Brother Tony. I don't know, man, but it, I was like, ooh, I don't feel good. Ooh, I didn't break my record and vomit or anything because it's been a long time, but I said, oh, I feel sick. And I think there wasn't a lot on my stomach. But you can imagine, always on a ship, well, you would get used to it, but you probably have to eat ginger root. Ginger helps with an upset stomach. They didn't have, um, what is it? What is, the, what is it, Canada Dry ginger ale back then? But maybe they had ginger root to nibble on. But these guys are going by ship all the time. He joined us there, and we sailed together to Mytilene. And what do we got next? The next day, we sailed past the island of Chios. The following day, I've never heard of that island except in this context. The following day, we crossed to the island of Samos, and a day later, we arrived at Miletus. Paul had decided to sail on past Ephesus, for he didn't want to spend any more time in the province of Asia. He was hurrying to get to Jerusalem, if possible, in time for the festival of Pentecost. Extra credit. I don't have any gold stars. Don't have any green ones. I remember getting a green one going, are you out of gold stars? Do you know what I just got on this test? But I don't have any stars for y'all tonight. Does anyone remember what Pentecost means or what it is? Yes, that's when the Holy Spirit fell. But what, is the, what was the significance of Pentecost even before the Holy Spirit was given on the day of Pentecost? Does anyone remember? All right, penta meaning five. But Pentecost in this context is 50. It's 50 days after Passover. Okay? So this, this is a very important festival for, festival for them. Paul being a Jew still, he was still honoring and celebrating the festival, festivals from the Old Testament. Okay? So he wanted to get there for 50 days after Passover. It's a big deal, especially in the Jewish faith in Judaism. But when we landed at Miletus, he sent a message to the elders of the church at Ephesus. So he didn't go to Ephesus. They went to another place, but he said, hey, elders, leaders of this church, he asked for them to come and meet him. This is a great scene here, so imagine this. When they arrived, he declared, you know that from the day I set foot in the province of Asia until now, I've done the Lord's work humbly and with many tears. I've endured the trials that came to me from the plots of the Jews. Remember all the stoning and the whipping and all that? That's mostly the plots of the Jews. He said, I never shrank back. Y'all never shrink back. Don't be intimidated of your enemies. You know what Scripture says? I can't give you chapter and verse, but it's in Thessalonians. Scripture says that God considers it a righteous thing. It's right, according to him. We know righteousness and justice are the foundation of his throne. He considers it a righteous thing to trouble those who trouble you. 
And that doesn't mean you're praying for everybody to get pushed into hell or anything like that. No, as a true believer, you go, God, bless them, be with them. But there are times you go, you know what, God, they're troubling me. I forgive them, but Lord, you deal with them. I turn them over to you. I've been in situations like that even lately. I say, God, I can't mess with them. They, it's crazy dealing with them. Maybe demons are involved. You say, demons? Yeah, the Apostle Paul, the same Apostle Paul said in Ephesians chapter 6, he said, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against spiritual wickedness. And I'm not going to get into all the, the different levels of it, but it's demons. Sometimes you go, I don't know why I'm getting into this tonight, but this is important. You ever dealt with someone where you're like, what they're doing doesn't make sense over and over again? That's a perverse spirit. A perverse spirit twists people's minds up. Really. A perverse spirit twists people's minds up. Say, are they possessed? That's between them and God. I don't know, but you can be oppressed by demons even as a believer. I don't believe a true believer is possessed by demons. But you can be oppressed and pushed and tormented even in your dreams. You say, man, well, how does a perverse spirit come in? People open the door to perversion. Maybe they, were se- maybe they didn't do it. They were sexually abused. I was briefly. It changed the course of my life. Had to really let God get that on track, forgive, and let him heal me and deliver me. Even as a young Christian, it wasn't my fault. Um, sex outside of marriage can bring a perverse spirit. What you're watching on your, your phone, videos, articles, books, movies, you don't want to open the door. It doesn't mean you've got to walk around scared, but you don't. You remember the song, Oh, Be Careful Little Eyes What You See? Yeah. The eyes are the windows to the soul. Man, this is a prophetic night. I can feel the Spirit of God here. The eyes are the windows to the soul. So you... You've got to let your eyes be full of light, Scripture says, not darkness. Because many people go, I have light. Well, what if the light they think they have is really darkness? Jesus said, then great is that darkness. Ooh, there's a lot there. That'll preach to believers and everyone else. So you say, man, why are they doing crazy stuff? Why are they? There could be a perverse spirit involved. Pastor teaches about it in spiritual warfare. He said, why are they doing that? One of the manifestations of the perverse spirit is a twisted mind. I just dealt with someone recently, not at this church, fear not. Someone that dealing with them, they believe their own stuff, and it's crazy. You, you see them doing stuff and lying, and just their mind is all off. That's because they've opened the door to the devil, okay? I'm not talking about you or the next service. Y'all are, I believe y'all are people of God, but we never, Scripture says, give no place to the devil. Give no place to him. Y'all's grandmas probably used to say, and y'all's mom said, the, the idle mind, remember, is the devil's workshop. You ever seen someone who's just bored? They don't want to work, but they're bored. Let me just say something. Let me announce it on the live stream. Don't you ever tell me you're bored. Man, I feel the, I feel the faith of Fabian Senna rising up in me and the training. Boy, don't, sis, don't tell me you're bored, man. I will put you to work. I'm never bored. I'm bored. That's why you're getting into problems. People that are bored get into substances, perversion, pornography, all kinds of stuff. Stay active. It doesn't mean you've got to run around like crazy, but have a balanced life. And let me add to this verse. Never shrink back from receiving truth. He didn't shrink back from telling the truth. He says, I never shrank back from telling you what you needed to hear, either publicly or in your homes. Let's hang out there for a minute. You as believers tonight, I know that you come to this church on Sundays, 
and Wednesdays, and if you're part of a Bible study, a connect group, if you're not, you should really look into that. No pressure, but hey, that's, that's the place to be. You can share your heart in a small group setting. But man, you've, you've got to stay busy for God. It doesn't mean you run around crazy and never have any time for anything. You know, you know how it is. Some people say, I don't have time for my relationships. Well, then you're imbalanced. You don't, if you've got to make time for your kids, you've got to make time for your spouse or people you love, then you're maybe a little bit out of balance. But you do need to be busy to a point with boundaries. Y'all with me? Stay busy, but with balance. Stay, have boundaries and stay busy. See, I don't have time for anything. Really? How, how is it that people that have more to do than us, they find time for just about everything? Not all of them. Some rich folks aren't great at raising kids. But I've seen people that are, man, godly people, and they, they just fill their schedule with stuff. They even schedule rest. Did you know I do that? I schedule rest. On Wednesdays, if at all possible, didn't happen today, I take a nap before I get ready for church because my Wednesdays are so busy. I say, man, a nap. I don't, I don't have time for a nap. Yep, but you don't want to be ODing on caffeine either. So you got you to be balanced and always, always, always let God be at the list of the priority, the top of the list of the priorities, okay? When God's first, everything else rattles into place, I promise. When the first thing is right, the second, third, fourth will be right, okay? I don't know who that's for tonight. <coughs> Excuse me. I'm reminding myself as well, but I'm sure that's for someone here or on the live stream. He says, I never shrank back from telling you what you needed to hear. I know I took the long way around on that, like the way the Lord led the Israelites in the desert, right? Like Pastor Coy said. I never shrank back from telling you what you needed to hear. Did you know I cannot fear what people think of me? I have to give them the truth because I love them. One day I'm going to stand before God, and did you know as a teacher of the word, I'm held very highly accountable. Scripture said, did you know Scripture said that? It said, hey, not many of you should be teachers because it's a different level of accountability. And not saying don't, don't be a teacher if you're called or don't, be, or don't have a Bible study or whatever. No, no, no. Do that if you feel led. Praise God. But there's a different level of accountability. What am I teaching the people? What example am I showing? He said, I never shrank back from telling you what you needed to hear, either publicly or in your homes. They met in homes. That's great. What's the next verse there? He said, I've had one message for Jews and Greeks alike. This is the key to being saved right here. Said, I have had one message for Jews and Greeks alike, the necessity of repenting from sin. We're going to hang out on this verse for a minute. What verse is this? I haven't looked at my Bible in a moment. Perfect. Thank you. This is the message he had for everybody, basically. Jews and everybody else on the planet. Anyone else he dealt with around the Mediterranean or in the Middle East or in Asia. The necessity of repenting from sin and turning to God and of having faith in our Lord Jesus. Did you know that's the correct way to be saved? That's the correct way to be saved. Did you know that's why I mentioned that in my, my prayer every Sunday or if I do it on a Wednesday night? I say, man, I need to accept Jesus. Yeah, you need to tell him you're sorry, from your, you're sorry for your sin and you repent. You're turning away from I'm sorry, I don't want to live that way. And I believe in Jesus. Saw an interview. And these guys are really well-meaning. They're very well-meaning. Um, anyone ever heard of Babylon B? Babylon. It's like Christian satire. They make fun of headlines and all this. Well, they met with Elon Musk. Did y'all see that one? It was really interesting because Elon's an interesting character. I, I like him sometimes, and sometimes he's 
greatly irritating. But I'm fascinated with him and by him. But they got him to admit that he respected the teachings of Jesus. And it was almost in the interview like they said, okay, he's saved. They go, oh, we got him. Like we got him to admit that he's not going to come against Jesus in his teachings. But he never confessed he had sin. If you don't confess you have sin, then you have no need of a Savior. And I love Elon Musk. God bless him, irritating as he might be and quirky and genius and strange. But he needs to really get saved. He said in the interview, well, I'm not going to stop people from being saved. He said some interesting things. Like he was much in support of what we do. But he never came out and said, I'm a sinner in need of a Savior or anything like that. And the guys were like, okay, we got him. We got him to admit that Jesus is good. We got him. And I thought, that's strange. So maybe you can look up the interview, see what you think. But he never repented from sin and turned to God and had faith in Lord Jesus. Not completely anyway. Now, who knows? He may have done it at home after the fact. Maybe they sowed a seed. But I just thought, wow, that was interesting. So one message for Jews and Greeks alike. Someone say one message. The book of Acts, the same book we've been reading when preacher, when preacher uh, Peter preached one of his first sermons, if not his first, I don't remember which one it was. He said, there is no other name given under heaven whereby which we must be saved. That's a, that's a clever way of saying there's only one way to heaven. That's it. One way. And the Apostle Paul knew this. He had it down. He said the necessity of repenting from sin and turning to God. And that's an offensive message. Did you all know that? People say, you can talk to them. Maybe, maybe we're going to do some interviews sometime. I'd like to do it like Ray Comfort and just interview people and ask them what they think about, are they going to heaven or not? And you know. But people will tell you, and it's such an age-old message, and it's not from God. It's like, well, I don't believe God sends anyone to hell. Really? Where'd you get that? You made that up. That's, maybe God doesn't send people to hell, but maybe people send themselves to hell by reject, rejecting the message. But it's interesting, people will tell you, you know, they started teaching us this early in school. I remember being taught this in the early 80s, back in the day, is your good deeds have to outweigh your bad deeds. You just got to be a good person. Be a good citizen. Pay your taxes. You know, whatever else. <laughs> whatever else that entails now. No, not everyone knows and not everyone can agree. But no, Jesus says, Scripture says, Man, he's the only way. He's the only way. There is one mediator. That's a go-between between God and man, God the Father and mankind, men and women, boys and girls, and that is the man Christ Jesus. There's nobody else that can get you to the throne of God. Nobody else. You've got to repent from sin, turn to God, and of having faith in our Lord Jesus. Don't ever forget that. Don't ever let the enemy lie to you, and don't ever believe people who say, no, we all serve the same God. Mm-mm. Ask, look, this, this may be offensive to some people. Ask a Jehovah's Witness who Jesus is, and they'll tell you he's Michael the archangel. That's not what Scripture says. Where, where was that debunked? Was that Hebrews chapter 1? He sat at the right hand of the Father. To which of his angels did he ever say this? Be seated here. People tell you some crazy stuff. That's not scriptural. I've had friends who believe that way, or some don't even know what they're being taught. They'll tell you all kinds of other stuff. No, you've got to get into the Word to know truth, K-N-O-W. No truth in the Word, or it's no truth in O, period. Okay? Repenting from sin, 
and turning to God and of having faith in our Lord Jesus. I, I really hit that one hard with the hammer tonight. Let's move on. And now I'm bound by the Spirit to go to Jerusalem. I don't know what awaits me, except that the Holy Spirit tells me in city after city, look at this guy, that jail and suffering lie ahead, praise God. Pa la gloria de Dios, right? For the glory of God. Wow, we can, we can stay right there. Can you imagine? I got to go to Jerusalem. The Holy Spirit tells me I'm going to just, man, my hotel is going to be the local jail. Can't wait. Hope they have beds. No, they don't. You'd be chained up to the wall, concrete floors, whatever. And suffering. I'm going to finish with this verse tonight. But my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned me by the Lord Jesus. Did y'all get that? What does your life mean? You want real purpose? Get to know Jesus and his purpose for you. The work of telling others, that's me and you, the good news about the wonderful grace of God. In closing, the grace of God is God's undeserved, undeserved favor, and it's his empowerment to live, do, and act right. That's God's grace. Go ahead and bow your heads and close your eyes tonight, if you would. Father, we thank you for your faithfulness. I thank you for your people tonight, such good listeners, such avid lovers of your word. Not only in this house, but even on the live stream tonight and on the audio later. Thank you, Lord God, because you're faithful. Thank you, God, because you're good. Thank you because you're never changing. Is there anyone in this house, even if there's not, I've got to find out, though, so we can pray, and I make sure that if you were to die, you'd go to be with Jesus in heaven. This is also for the live stream tonight. Is there anyone in the house who says, you know what, Pastor Matt, if something happened to me, I don't know where I'd go. I don't know if I'd go to heaven or hell. And Jesus spoke of both, but he spoke of hell a lot more than heaven. Read it. There's anyone in this house that wants to make sure of they are their eternal salvation, being right with God and going to be in heaven with Him forever. If you want to make sure about that, or you've never confessed Jesus publicly, I want you to raise your hand tonight. I'm going to pray with you. I'm going to do it for the live stream as well. We're going to pray together. Anyone in this house, I've got to make sure as a pastor, I've got to make sure it's one of the messages of my life of hope and making sure that you've been reconciled, made right with God. Is there anybody in this house? Raise your hand. I'm going to pray with you. If not, we'll pray together. For those on the live stream or those on the audio who would hear this later, someone say, Heavenly Father, I repent of my sins and I place my faith in Jesus. Please forgive me. Say, I believe Jesus is my Lord and Savior. He's the only way to heaven. And He died and rose again for me. Thank you for your forgiveness, Lord. I need it. Strengthen me. Give me a hunger for your word and of spending time with other believers. And most importantly, spending time with you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Now let me pray a blessing over you and everyone listening to this. Father, we thank you for tonight. We thank you for your time, Lord. Thanks that you've, you've seen us worthy by the blood of Jesus to spend time with us here tonight. We've felt your presence. And I know you've manifested your presence all over the globe tonight. It may be it's morning in other places, but your Holy Spirit is omnipresent. And thank you, Lord, for being here in the midst of us, your humble servants, your humble kids, your children, by the blood of Jesus. Thank you, Father, for your faithfulness. We honor you tonight. Recharge the rest of our week. We give you glory. Give us favor that surprises us. In Jesus' name, amen.
and amen. So let's get